Thank you for watching. Our next guest is an iconic figure in the music industry. If you have been to a live show or discovered a new talent in Vancouver, it is likely you have him to stand for that. He has been inducted into the Entertainment Hall of Fame in BC and continues to create massive impact for local artists and the community as a whole. Please help me welcome the legendary Mel Warner. Melo, Mel, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure being in your company and in your studio. I feel so honored to have such a legendary person like you here with me today. To get to this point, I'm sure it has been a long journey, hasn't it? It has been a long journey. It's been over 30 something years now. All right, let's start from the beginning. We're going all the way back. We want to learn about you and what one we want to learn about this journey. Let's start. What's your background like? Where were you born? I was, I was born in the Caribbean. I was born in a small island of St. Kitts Nevis. Mm -hmm. And um, I came to Canada in the early 60s. I think it's 64, 65. I'm not quite certain. Somewhere around there. How old were you? I was about seven years old, okay. seven, eight years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I started off in Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah. And then it was too cold for my parents. <laughs> and I couldn't deal with that. And so my parents decided, well, let me try British Columbia. I was settled in Vancouver uh -huh. and um, did my uh, early childhood schooling. Started at Eric Hamber High School in Vancouver. And I got the, the itch for the entertainment world. I had a friend, he was in the entertainment coordination business and he was also going to school with me at Eric Hamber High School. Yeah. And I used to tag along with him. And then he says, would you like to be part of this organization? And I said, yes. And then he started bringing in bands. Mostly in those days, it was rock and roll bands. And then all of a sudden, it's like a light went off in my head. Wow. And I just said, wow, I could do this. What age was this? This was about age, I would say, 15 or so. Yeah, about, yeah, about yeah. 15 years old. Right. There was a lot of lifting up boxes and a lot of, of lifting up positions, guitars and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it was a joy to see me put a production, not only myself, but a group of us put it together mm -hmm. and see it come together and see it ended with everybody enjoying themselves. And then I went to further my education at uh, the University of British Columbia. Okay. I got into scientific, scientific fields. Um, my major was in the in, uh, chemical engineering part of it. To pay my way through university, I had to more or less work. Uh, I left home and um, I was on my own. My parents, they had some money, but um, I wanted to do it on my own. I'm stubborn. Okay. So I paid my way through university, working at the, in the entertainment field. Nice. Only job I could see myself working in is working into one of the major nightclubs in Vancouver mm -hmm. and going to school in the daytime. Nice. 
which club was this? This club was called Old Ken Harris by Thurlow Robinson Street before it came the trendy place it is now. Yeah. That was that and Hornby Street in those days was the entertainment capital of British Columbia. It was a huge entertainment complex. It had four rooms. It had a, the big room where the big artist is. They had a jazz room. They had a world beat room. And they had just a easy lounge. I worked there for years. At Old Ken Harry, I started as a busboy, cleaning tables, um, mopping the floors and stuff. Before after the concerts is done. I grew to see the workings of the whole operation. Yes, of the music industry. That's correct. Going along, working there for years as a boss boy, they said, hey, Mel, we got a space here. Would you like to be a doorman? Mm -hmm. It was, everybody's a hustler. Yes. Everybody wants to get in and get the best spots in the house. and. Uh, a doorman's job is very challenging. I started hanging out in the, uh, at the venue in the daytime. I sat in the office and see the way the book bands. This is not going to school and learning the entertainment world. Yes. This was seeing, seeing it. it and being there and hands on and you yes. see every, the way they negotiate and the, the way they do things. I went out and had a um, just an easy talk with the owner, Danny Besida. I said, Danny, you know, I like being a doorman and stuff, but I really be interested in learning more about how to go about booking bands. Mm -hmm. He says to me, well, now, okay, why don't you work very close with Bobby Bat Garrison? I worked with Bobby Garrison for about two and a half years. I saw how he did it. I liked it very much. I started doing it on my own. We brought in bands like Edwin Starr and War. We brought in Tina Turner, Tower of Power. We brought in Little Richard also in those days. Those are a couple of the big bands I remember. I worked there for many, many years. And then it came to a point at UBC at graduation time. I couldn't see myself doing the entertainment world for any days. I gotta get a real job. Okay. The real job is that I want a job that pays me well enough so I could pay my bills and pay my rent. I graduated with a Bachelor of Science as a chemical engineer nice. from the University of British Columbia. I went down to one of the government offices looking for a job. When I took my application to the front desk, the young lady said to me, I think I got a position for you. They're looking for trainees for the Canadian Green Commission. Now, I didn't know what the Canadian Green Commission was. Right. So they took me on a tour of the Green Commission. In an hour, I made up my mind. The answer was yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what is it, by the way? You'll be working in the Green Commission, working to analyze green products for protein, moisture, and infestation to be shipped out all over the world. Mm -hmm. I did my apprenticeship for a year and a half, and 
my probationary period was so well, was done so well, they, they took me on as a full-time person. Nice. I worked for them for 20, 26 years. Then I graduated as in the area as one of the chief chemical engineers for the Canadian Indian Commission. From seven to two, I got a lab coat on. That pays the bills. From five to eight, Eastern time, they could catch promoters and booking agents. Yes. And setting up my business as Mellow Production. I love both professions. Mm -hmm. If you ask me if I do it again, I say yes. It was not called Mellow Production, it was called Caribbean Productions. Okay. Caribbean Productions was a production company which targets events and also um, production and concerts from the Caribbean. Um, in those days, my vision was to bring as much Caribbean music to Vancouver. I saw people going on cruises. I saw people going to Sandals. And I, they come back and they enjoy the, the Caribbean music. So yeah, a couple, maybe a year or two goes by, I decided, well, I don't want to be labeled as a Caribbean promoter. So I, I got a name change. I called it Mellow Productions. Now Mellow Productions now opens me up to worldwide entertainment, not specifically world beat, but doing other genre of the music industry. I've got eight persons who work for me on a regular basis. Regular, and those eight persons, more or less, is the front person for Mellow Productions. A lot of people don't know who Mellow Productions is. They know who Mellow Productions is, but they don't know who is the actual behind person it. behind who's Mellow Productions. Yeah. And one of the reasons I, I say that is because in the early days of Mellow Productions, I had problems. I couldn't get articles written for me in the major newspapers like the other big promoters. I couldn't get <clears throat> radio sponsorship like the other big promoters. I did not want to be like the other promoters. I want to be as big as a top man in the entertainment world. And the owner of the Commodore, whose name was Drew Burns, I went to him and said, Joe, I have a problem. He said, what is the problem now? I said, I've got this big band, Burning Spear. It's coming, it's going to cost me a whole lot of money. I need to get in the Vancouver Sun and the Torrent. I need CKNW. I need all the major radio stations and television stations to promote and recognize my product. He says, I understand that. You have one problem, you're black. He said, Mel, you're a black person in those days going and asking these this white big corporation to back you. Now what you need is a crew of white people working for you. And let them be the front and person. And let them be the front person to go and submit your product to them and let them sell your product. And they 
got the doors open. You had to do whatever it takes, right? I had to do whatever it takes because I was not satisfied that just being an average promoter, I wanted to be the best. When I was bringing my first real big band, I needed that support. media support. I then went to the Georgia Street and I got a front page on the Georgia Street in those wow. days. Wow. And that opened my eyes. And from since then, mm -hmm. I've sat back mm -hmm. and let them do the work for me and let them do be the face of metal productions. And you have been doing that until I've been doing that right up to today. Right. I've gone out to Queen Elizabeth Theatre Christmas industry parties and People would say, see the people who work for Mellow Productions. So I say, hey, how are you doing Mellow Productions? I'm standing there. Mm -hmm. And they ask them, how are you doing Mellow Productions? And one of my employees said to this gentleman who was in charge of Ticketmaster at the time, um, I'm not Mellow Productions. That is Mellow Productions. The guy said, huh? <laughs> and she said, yeah, that is Miller Productions. Yeah. And that's what I have to have to go through for years. I don't want to be like the rest of the other promoters. I wanted to do something different. Right. So I kept it as a niche type of um, audience or entertainment audience I'm looking for. I found it. People in this town love radio music. List for me some of the names you can remember off the top of your head that you have worked with, some of the artists. I've done all the reggae artists. The only ones I haven't done up to now is Bob Marley, which that ain't gonna happen. But all the Jimmy Cliffs, the Burning Spear, Bob Marley's children, all right. of Bob Marley's children, when they used to be Siggy Marley and the Melody Makers. And plus, I've done the Damien Marley, I've done the Bojo Banton, so surprising, Bojo Banton has been in Vancouver, the Shabba Ranks, um, the Beanie Mans, the Sean Pauls, the Shaggy, I've done the Marshall Montana. For years, I've brought Byron in Dragon Age to Vancouver. Of course, I was going to mention him. Yes, and it's sold out every summer consistently. What about R&B? I've done some R&B on my, on my own. I did the Neville Brothers, Paddy LaBelle. Uh, I've done stuff with Live Nation, like Natalie Cole, Lionel Richie. Also, Live Nation has been very good to me. Big up to Live Nation. Because without them, there's a lot of doors wouldn't be open for me to book a lot of new time. The names that you're calling, I noticed they are artists from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, right? Do you work with younger, newer artists? Yes, we do. We do work with a lot of the newer, the younger artists. What we have found that some of the younger artists we don't have proper management. I had to get immigration and stuff done. They were relying on friend and friend, and it doesn't work. Now things are getting better. Things are getting better. I've had a few artists where. We found out at the day of the show that I didn't get the immigration done. Sold out concert at the Commodore and 
one of the things I hate is having a sold out concert and then have to tell the audience, I'm sorry, but due to the immigration situation, we have to cancel the concert. That, that kills your brand. That, that kills, kills your brand. Yeah. And the one thing in this promotion business, you have to be honest with the people and tell them the truth at all times. Mm -hmm. If a band doesn't show up, and the reason they give you didn't show up, tell the people the truth because eventually it will come out in the wash. That raises a, a very important question about some of the challenges you you face in your business. You talk a lot of, about you know racial issues. You also talk about the reliability of these talents. What are the challenges you have experienced? The other challenges is that um, there's not enough entertainment space in the city for independent promoters. The big boys book up all the venues way in advance. I, they have to tell me at least four or five months in advance. Wow. So I have to put a hold on the venue to secure a hold that the show will go forward. And that involves a lot of risk because there are so many moving parts. There's so much, so many moving parts that, yes. And uh, I was, uh, I've been lucky. I've been lucky. Last year, we have been hit by a global pandemic that shuts down the world, and some industries have been affected, you know, tremendously. The entertainment space is one of them. Talk to me. How have you been affected by this COVID? Your business? My business has fallen flat in the COVID hit us hard. We were the first one to close. My last show was New Year's Eve 2020 at the Hilton Hotel Metrotown. Glitz and Glamour. Is that 2019? 2019 going, going into 2020. Right. That was the last thing. By March, COVID came in, everything closed down. Okay. They're going to be the last to open. The yes. entertainment industry is going to be the last to because open. Because it's all about group gatherings. It's going to be big gatherings. Mm -hmm. And I guess they want to safeguard themselves. They will probably open up in small portions. For instance, let's say a venue capacity is 500. They say, okay, we'll let you open for 200 and then see how it goes to 300 and see how it goes up to. Can we get back to Max? Yes. You also work on a radio station. Tell us about that. Okay, we, we also, I do also work at uh, Vancouver Corporate Radio, it's a non profit organization. Mm -hmm. And for me, I always say, I like to do something to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. So I take time out every Saturday and do a radio show to showcase our culture. Not only to our community, but also to the general um, community of British Columbia, the white audience. So they could learn about us and hear our music and enjoy some of our own culture. With COVID now, it's been a problem that we had to close the studio. So what I did, I built a, um, a radio station in my in my place where we broadcast live via satellite and telephone lines. 
so far it's been working good. Every Saturday night, people could tune in and they wouldn't even know the difference if I'm at the radio station or at my house. Again, that's been another joy for me. You know, I got three joys, working as a chemical engineer, being a promoter, and doing a radio show. Um, what I do for relaxation, I run. I, uh, I'm an average uh, runner. I do a lot of 10Ks and stuff like that. I don't run as much as I used to run, but for me, running gives me a sense of relaxation and it clears my head and it gives me that sense of um, um, energy to start another day. Um, I, I run for a lot of charity outfits, nice. like the Cancer Run, the Heart Fund and stuff like that, the Alzheimer's and stuff like that. So, and I do the Sun Run every year for years. What would you say is your greatest accomplishment? Accomplishments? Graduating. University. So, yes. But my greatest one of all is being inducted into the Entertainment Hall of Fame. That is beginning to now uh, register in my brain what is it all about. See my name engraved in the Queen Elizabeth Theatre, engraved at the Orpheum Theatre on these cool walls beside uh, Brian Adams, uh, Buble, and all the other big entertainment brothers from film, music, and the theatre world. What did you get that award for? What does it say? I was recognized for uh, my contribution in bringing World Beat to Vancouver and my professionalism to uh, the culture. I'm the first black promoter who ever got that award in, in Western Canada. It's a panel about I think it's 25 or 30 persons, and when we decided to give it to Mel Warner, yes, I was surprised. But I'm grateful and thankful. But look at all the events that you have hosted, all the artists that you have brought in. Which of these events would you say is your biggest success, whether it is financially or recognition? Shaggy. Um, Shaggy, I did Shaggy for two nights at the Commodore Ballroom. Mm -hmm. And there has never been a radio show has done two nights at the Commodore Ballroom. Of all the events, all the acts that you have brought in, all your events, which one is your favorite one? Which one do you enjoy the most? <laughs> I enjoy them all. I really enjoy them all. I'm going to be honest with you. I will say I enjoy Miami. Rivalry, yes. Yeah. Is it because it's Calypso music? No. Okay. It's about the professionalism. Rivalry is on point with everything he does. Shaggy is on point with everything he does. The Marlies is on point with everything they do. Those are the ones. When I put my head down in the bed at night, I, I could go to sleep. I could sleep very easily. I have no problem because I know they will take care of the business. Out of all the concerts I've done in Vancouver, and you could follow up and check this out, I would say 80% of them have been successful. It's a lot of hard work and 
is the way I run my business. I do not accept failure easily. When you started off, you mentioned the struggles, some of the hurdles you have to overcome in the music industry. Now, 20, 30 years later, how would you describe the music industry here in Vancouver, in British Columbia? You're talking about the local local music industry? Yes. The local music industry is thriving. There's lots of local good reggae, soca, and world beat bands are here. One of the things I like to do, I would love to give everybody a chance when I do a concert here. I give everybody a chance to be the opening act at any of my concerts here to promote, let them promote their craft and let them promote their product. Any of the opening bands I have here, I always give them a shot of being in front of big audience. Would you say it is easier now for, say, black entertainers to get spotlight? Because you mentioned when you started out, you had to put a white person in front. What is it like now? No, I think there's, I think the tide has changed. Mm-hmm. That those old guys have not gone. Mm-hmm. This is a new generation is coming up. Mm-hmm. And this new generation, I have found that they're not so much into the racial structure of the past. They're open to productivity. They're open to seeing seeing what you have. And if they like your product, they will put it forward. Those days, as I said, of the old guys, history. It's a new generation now. And thank goodness, bless their heart, I love them. Nice. You talk a lot of, about bringing in acts. Have you done any concerts where it's all about local acts? Yes, we have done we have done benefit concerts for local acts. Corporate, we used to have a thing called Harambe, where we bring all the local reggae bands, five six reggae bands together. We used to do it at the Commodore Ballroom, and it was a huge success. All the reggae bands come and. Sh- showcase their, their music and we love it. We want to definitely think about bringing them back and we'll wait and see exactly what happens. Awesome, wonderful. Now, what's next for you? What's next for Metal Production? Get a good rotation. What's next for Metal Production? To get the company up and running again when COVID is over, get it back to that um, level it was before, getting out there that people come out and enjoy themselves and learn more about our culture and uh, about where we go from there. Um, Not only in the music business, I want to expand myself into the theater business and bring in plays like Oliver Samuel and stuff to Vancouver. So again, bringing a bit of Caribbean comedy to Vancouver. I want to expand in that world. I've, I've been always wanting to, I will go and do one and then I drop off. But I, I think I think there is an audience for that. So again, for me is to bring my culture into the Canadian culture so they can learn more about us. How can people reach you if they want to? 
the website has all the information there and the website um, has information via phone, social media or email. Melaproductions.net and you can reach us there and we'd love to hear from you all. Thank you for everything you have done for the music industry and for the community. Thanks a lot. I will keep Thank on you. there. I'll keep on there. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and of course you know, the music is vibrant even though it is affected by the COVID at this time. It's going to be up and running soon hopefully and when it's back Mellow will be there to get some events going. Look out for it. Thank you for watching and again like, share, subscribe to our channel. Remember more great content coming your way. Thanks again. See you next time. Bye for now. Hey, this is Mel Warner from Mellow Productions, and you're watching Profile. Tune into Profile every time you get a chance, and be good to yourself.